Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, your team every day with your host, as always, Jeff Lloyd, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, you know, guys, like we said, um, it was going to be a huge, huge pro day. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on here, leak-wise. Um, it seems everybody's kind of being a little bit stingy with the information. Um, not a lot's coming out. Uh, we got some things to talk about and actually got some great listener questions. I mean, so look, if, if that comes in and if you hear Pete typing away, he's actually not hate-tweeting tonight. Pete's actually doing some research. We put him to work here for once. So, uh, you know, that'll be that. Um, I do want to say, guys, um... Uh, uh, something new here. Um, obviously, you know, you can find us, whether you can find us on Google Play, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Um, you can now also get Locked On Browns on the brand new podcast app. It's called Himalaya. Um, we have now partnered with them, so there's something else. If you're looking for another avenue, if you're not happy with what you're using, uh, but, you know, Himalaya, welcome to the Locked On fam. Uh, you know, we'll be good to you. I promise we'll do our best here. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff, and I guess I'll start it with this here today, guys. This was fun because I a lot of you guys sent me this to me, um, you know, and it was almost you know this is it, it's been out there before, you know, Justin Lane, obviously a guy I adore, and uh, guys, I, I I do love the mentioning of it, um, guys, I didn't get Justin Lane from the fourth round to the first round. Justin Lane got himself from the fourth round to the first round. Um, Jeff Rizzin actually had a great piece today. And, uh, you know, was able to speak. To, uh, I, I, I know Jeff's obviously close with a lot of scouts and what he sat down with. And and this was even, it's funny because these were the games I watched. And Justin Lane had a stretch, you know, you know, moving on from the halfway point of last year towards the end of the season where he put together three games in a row. And he just literally took off as a player. And, look, that's probably where, you know, when he sent in his advisory grade, it came back pretty damn solid for him. But him, obviously, the Cleveland kid put out today, you know, because uh, there was a mention, I think it came out through the Browns' website. Uh, I think Andrew Gribble, you know, is, is doing some draft write-ups for them, you know, as far as names and mentioning and stuff like that. And, guys, any of those names you're seeing on those lists, you know those names. Obviously, these are names me and Pete have discussed up until this point. Um, but, Justin, hey, Browns, hey, let's make it happen. I'd love to go home. Uh, right now, I don't think it's feasible, but of course it gets me excited. Uh, you know, j- just a great player, but you know, and, but also here's a kid who grew up and grew up around a, bra- a bad pro football franchise for so long, Pete. And now it's like, well, you know, normally all those kids, you know, and I know, you know, a lot of it happens, you know, you want to go, you want to go Miami, you want to go to LA, you want to go beaches, bright lights, big cities. Here's a kid. No, I'll stay home. Uh, yeah, there's a bandwagon effect. Um, you know, there is something obviously exciting going on in Cleveland and, you know, some of these are long suffering fans that, you know, wanted to root for this team and and, and it was just awful for however many years. And some of it I'm sure is just the elements of, you know, there's so much going on here that, you know, some of these guys, you know, how old were they when, you know, Odell Beckham came out and was in his rookie year and all those type of things where he was doing all these things that are super exciting when these guys are, you know, trying to figure out who they're going to root for. Um, and now he's on, you know, the team, you know, in your backyard. That becomes an easy pull for guys. Um, you know, some, some people come by this fandom honestly and some people it's, you know, jumping on the bandwagon. But either way – you are seeing guys who are more excited about this and you're not seeing the extremely lame storylines about, you know, player X doesn't want to go to Cleveland because A, B, and C. Like that, at least for now, 
Um, hopefully that 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 stays in the past, but that's gone. People want to come here and play here, whether it's they want to play with Baker Mayfield, whether it's you know they want to help uh, you know get this team over the top or whatever it is. But you know, there's an element of feeling like they can be very su- successful here, in addition to just being you know somewhat starstruck and everything else about who's on this team. Well, I think it's also maybe getting on the ground floor of what may be something good for a while to come. You know, that probably has something to do with it. And, you know, for a hometown kid, you know, now it's, hey, you know, now it's, you know, it's that much more appealing, you know, for a guy like him. But, uh, you know, look, uh, until the dream is over, I will not let the Justin Lane, uh, you know, hopes and things die. I mean, hey, if you got to give the 2020 first round pick, hey, it ain't mine by all means. But, uh, you know, great player. And, look, the other thing, guys, is there is the draft element to this. So, and Pete, you know, we, you know, you kind of remove yourself here. Yeah, we like these guys. We like them to play for the Cleveland Browns. But if there's a guy you liked early in the process and you think he's really good and you really like him and some other people aren't talking about him, at the end of the day, I mean, you just want what's best for the kids. So, you know, through, you know, you know, and you can't always base things off the, the mock draft simulators. And this has nothing to do with fan speak, friends over there, nothing to do with the draft network. I know there was some nonsense over those things this week draft-wise. It's nothing against any of those guys. You just want to see these kids go get what's, what's theirs. I mean, you know, Justin Lane, if this works out right, and, you know, now we're talking, you know, probably going, you know, top 25-ish, maybe at worst or whatever, here's a kid could be set for life off that contract if he manages things correctly. That's all you want. I mean, you know, you feel good for the kid. I mean, and once, obviously, the Odell trade went, you know, that eliminated, you know, obviously a ton of names. Uh, right now, you stand at 49. That eliminates 48 guys right off the board right there. But it doesn't mean you still weren't fans of these guys. And look, we're still fans of the league. We want to watch good football. We want to see guys do their thing. So that's where we're at. Um, obviously, a lot of pro days. We're going to get in here, Ohio State. Uh, I guess we'll start here. And we don't have a lot official. Um, but what we can tell you, you know, there's no way Greg Dortch Pete put on 20 pounds or 17 pounds, got himself up to 190. Um, a guy we like, um, probably still going to remain day three. You know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Greg Dortch is a smurf. Um, the 40, you know, may have not been exactly what you were hoping for. I, I mean, guys, I, I'm not going to sit, I don't sit there and try to tie in these things. Most of it you can go by eye. The angles from Wake Forest, what you had, weren't the greatest. But the, the drills are what looked good, and you saw the quickness and the acceleration in those. Right. Um, you know, one, one of the people out there, uh, you know, Fuse of you, um, he's not the only one, but he is, he is one who's very good at it. Actually, you know, whenever he he, he takes these times, he, he goes frame by frame. So, you know, when he does it, they're pretty accurate. So he had him at 4'6 and a 4.63. That's not great, especially if he's going to weigh, you know, 180 pounds at most. Um, Soaking wet after Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Uh, that isn't great it's not going to be great weight adjusted or anything else but if you're looking for slot receivers i don't really care either um if you're saying what what are the traits that make slot receivers it's all about the agility and greg dorch you know crushed in that area six eight three three cone is excellent and his short shuttle of 403 again according to fuse view um at Life is Your Cup, I think is his at for people who are, if you're looking to follow him, he's another guy who does a lot of data. He's big into uh, Devi football for people who run that. That's not my thing, but whatever. But um, agility is good for two things. Um, obviously, if you've watched Dorch, a lot of him is he's just so light on his feet, in and out, change of direction, all that stuff. And then, you know, particularly with a three cone, is it tends to correlate to balance. 
Um, and obviously that's something you want a ton of. But, you know, if you if you go and you look at guys like the Wes Welkers and, and, and guys of that ilk, they aren't guys who crush on the 40, but they have exceptional athleticism and that, you know, that those those change of direction traits. And then they were also very productive. And Greg Dorch has excellent production. And so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so while you're looking at a guy like we, we, we talked about Andy Isabella or, you know, those guys who have that extreme speed on that could put them on the outside, you know, a guy like Dorch is somebody you're really looking for and just saying, you know, I really only want to use him on the slot for the most part, maybe sparingly on the outside, but you're looking through him in that lens. I mean, he could be a limited guy if, you know, the Browns were to acquire him. You take him late on day three or whatever. Could be something where, you know, you're going to have to start moving on with some money going into 2020. Uh, you know, obviously Jarvis Landry makes a lot of it. You could be looking for another slot guy to, you know, eventually fill that role. Greg Dorch is a kid. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's just a pup at this point. Um, does have returnability. Um, guys, that is one thing. You know, everybody talks about, you know, replacing Jubal Peppers. And normally, guys, I don't talk about the special teams roles, and and I didn't want to talk about them at all. You know, even you know, last year through the draft process, last year through the summer before cuts, it didn't matter. Get the best fifty-two, you know, fifty-three footballs on a football players on a roster, and see how well you can compete. Now, when you're a better team, uh, you won. You obviously seven, eight, and one. Now you're going to be a better team. Yeah, you can start to say, well, can this guy do this? We need some guys to do this. You know, you want to talk Gunner a little bit? Yeah, I'll talk Gunner a little bit now. Not when the team was 0-16. Uh, punt returner. And that's one thing you lost with Jabril Peppers. And he wasn't elite at it, but somebody's got to be able to do it. And, you know, Greg Greg Dortch has got that, you know, quicker than a hiccup type of, you know, and he's got the stops and the starts. And if you guys remember the first time we brought him up on this show, I did say if you go and watch the kid play and you watch some of, you know, the highlights of Wake Forest and the things he can do, He's got a little mini Odell into him, and like Pete had mentioned earlier, you know, you know, you keep in mind these guys, you know, four or five years younger than o- Odell Beckham. This is a guy they all been watching. You know, they, you know, this is a guy they all admire. I mean, ever since that one-handed catch versus Dallas, which you know sent Odell from a really good player to the the moon. You know, you don't think 16, 17 year old kids were watching and saying, "Damn, I want to be like that." Well, Greg Dorch is kind of that dude. And you know, so it's 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 fun to watch. He's a nice player. He's he's a really nice player. I I'd like to, if you can get him in here, I I'd like to see you know him fully develop and see what you know the finished product was. You know, Wake Forest. It's not a big time college program. Maybe he was tapped at what they could do for him. So you know, it, it's going to be a fun name to watch here. Uh, you know, the wide receiver room. Yeah, obviously we talked about this. If Higgins stays, it's, it's a crowded room already. So could be somebody, could not be, but you never know, guys. Um, remember to get. The show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya app, the podcast app. In a very expanding uh, podcast market, you need Himalaya with their curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Browns, guys. Pete, I guess we'll go next. And, you know, Georgia, it's a similar thing now. And look, and I talked about this a couple of years ago. Sidney Jones, uh, you know, obviously, if you guys remember now, he's now a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, for me, that year at the time, he was, for me, he was the number one cornerback in that class. Um, you go, you have a really, really good combine. Look, I understand the pro day, and, and you're kind of helping your program, and you're kind of helping your coaches, and you know all of that stuff. But 
If you have a really good combine, you go there, you show out, you really don't need to do much, if anything, at your pro day. Sidney Jones popped an Achilles. Um, you know, luckily did still go at you know mid to late second round of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't remember the exact number. But we're seeing more and more of that, Pete. You know, and where these guys, the bigger players, they become almost kind of like the hosts of Pro Day. You know, I mean, you know, they're there. You know, they talk to the people they got to talk to. Everybody knows the numbers. Um, you know, which is what I said last night, guys. If you're invited to the combine, run there. Just make it easier on everybody, as opposed to 27 scouts standing around saying, "All right, well, you got this number. You got." I mean, they're literally putting all the numbers together and then getting the average of 27 guys. Just run at the combine. Let us have your stinking number and and be done with it. Um, so I guess we'll go to Georgia here. Uh, Pete, you know, and <laughs> uh, my buddy Peter Pekowski, host of Locked On Packers. Uh, Elijah Holyfield, I mean, I don't even want to say ran again today, jogged again today. Um, definitely not the real deal, like his pop. No. Uh, four eights at Georgia. Um, you know. So, I mean, which, you know, I mean, you got to, you didn't even, you know, at a pro day, you got to improve off the combine and nah. Yeah, he's he's basically right where he was at. Um, I think he was what low four nines, um, high four eights. Uh, yeah, he's just you know he's slower than Queen and Williams ran at the combine. Who's you know a defensive tackle, and he may be a freak. Eighty something pounds. Yeah, he, he may be a freakish defensive tackle, but he's a defensive tackle. So you know, just putting it in the framework of saying this defensive tackle is as fast as the tailback. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a really difficult te- time seeing him drafted at all. Because um, the you, other thing there is you don't have a lot of production, you don't have a lot of tape. Right. Um, that, to me, sounds you know sounds like the track record of a guy who ultimately becomes an undrafted free agent, um, gets a shot in a camp, uh, and then ultimately probably doesn't make it there. Maybe makes a practice squad, but even then, more likely, they, they, you know. The, and this is what I think NFL teams will try to do: is basically say, "Look, um, we like you, but go to the AAF or XFL or whatever, um, and go get reps. Let's go, you know, show out there. Um, you know, the, the, they can be a little more uh, selective with how they want to run their practice squads." Um, which could be an interesting dynamic, but yeah, I mean, there's just not much there. You, you know, there were time people talking about this guy in the second round. He's, it's just not there. I, there's no argument for it. Um, you can, you know, it, it's 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 an even worse Josh Jacobs situation. There's even less to make the case for it. So you know, he 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 looks great in a photo. Um, jacked up dude who can you know be a a power back but that's literally all he can do at this point and he didn't show a ton of power in testing so uh you know if you're looking for a week four preseason stud that could be a guy like elijah holyfield at this point you know maybe put on some weight i don't know maybe go go the fullback route but yeah uh you know and guys a, a bad running back class remains bad um, Pete, DeAndre Baker ran, I guess it was, you know, four, you know, high four fours or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to change anything. I mean, for us, I mean, he's still in that three, four, five cornerback range. Um, he, he was one of the guys who did some things today. Obviously we're looking for a little bit more speed out of him, but I mean, you had labeled him his own corner anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what Georgia played. I mean, he was a, a, a he was arguably the best in the entire country at it in terms of, you know, uh, polish and where he's at in his career. Um, 
you know, I, I think I think Justin Lane is a better prospect for that type of fit. I think Julian Love is is probably about on the same level. Um, it, it, you know, this is just tends to be what happens if you're a zone corner. You don't tend to go as high unless there's something that uh, you know forces teams to want to grab you. In the case of Justin Lane, it's the fact he's six two and all these athletic traits and the arm length and all these things that you know stand out. Uh, the other thing, and you know, this is something you and I don't really have access to, but the rumors that he, you know, he's not a hard worker, that he's, you know, that that he has been lazy in terms of preparation and things like that, um, you know, and you can take that one of two ways. You can take that as for a guy who didn't work very hard, he is really goddamn good at this at this game, and if we can get him to work harder, he's going to be fantastic. Or you're basically saying, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to give this kid money who's not, you know, really focused on it. So, you know, that that he could be a guy who may have shown first round ability on the field at times, but may end up suffering and going on day two. And he, you know, this is one of those things where he could be a heck of a player that goes later than he should, and everybody kicks themselves for it. And it, you know, you, you get in that whole discussion is. What happens when this is his career and he's getting paid for it? Is is it suddenly going to click for him, or is he just sort of a guy who you know, likes what football can do for him, but isn't really in love with football? And, well, and the thing here, guys, um, John loved good sized cornerbacks. I think he loved Denzel Ward because Denzel Ward was an elite athlete. I don't think they're looking for more shrimp guys. I, I don't think they're looking for more undersized. I think they're looking for more oversized. Um, from Dane Brugler, he was actually kind enough to get back to me. Dane Brugler doesn't have official numbers on Greg Dorch. So, <laughs> I mean, Pete, we can stop digging on that one. Because if Dane don't have them, there ain't no way we're going to have them. So, I mean, guys, as we get this stuff in, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll think, you know, we'll factor it into, you know, future shows. And, you know, sorry that the information wasn't as ready available today as we thought it was going to be. But, you know, we're going to make what we, what we have. Um, I guess not much else from Georgia. You know, I you know it doesn't seem like a lot of guys went in there. And one guy, Pete and I have talked about a guy we kind of liked. Um, our interest in him didn't sway in the player. Maybe it, it, it swayed him in the need. DeAndre Walker doesn't look like he did much. And, and now this is becoming a mystery because it's it's almost late. It's late March now, and we don't have any numbers on this kid. Um, but kind of interesting and good on tape. Yeah, I mean, he's a really good player, uh, and this is the big question facing him. Um, it doesn't look like he ran the 40 um, based on what I'm finding here. The only guys I, have, I, I see is DeAndre Baker, Elijah Holyfield, Isaac Nada, and Jason Stanley. It did not so, get any better? 4-8-1, so, I mean, uh, I mean it's, marginally. I, they still, actually I, have, I still like him day three, though, even though he's a little bit undersized. This guy actually has Elijah Holyfield. This is his hand time, by the way. So you know, I don't, you know, I okay. don't, I, I don't know how beat writers go on hand times. Um, they do it with phones, which I, and uh, I saw this tough. at Temple a couple of years tough. ago. I mean, do, exactly. I mean, you're talking, you know, I mean, you need to stop watch. But he had uh, Elijah Holyfield as a four seven eight, um, and DeAndre Baker a four five. So who knows? But. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything on DeAndre Walker. Now, does that, you know, as you mentioned, does that mean he's going to try to, you know, get get a you know, what would amount to probably be like a first week of April type pro day to make sure uh, to show basically run, um, you know, basically make sure 
show teams that he's not functionally, you know, like there's not something that is hampering him right now. Or it, does he have a significant issue that's going to, you know, drop him because he had, you know, an, an issue that has yet to be revealed. Like, for example, Greg Dorch um, revealed that he had uh, wrist surgery um, after the combine to deal with a scaphoid injury that he had a couple of years ago, uh, which is one of those things that's like, you know, it's a tiny bone in your wrist, and it's one of those things with a lot of guys play with. I think Danny Shelton had had this a couple of years ago. Uh, Isn't that the one that happens in baseball when you get hit with your bottom hand on the bat? It might be, yeah, uh, but yeah. but like it's just something these guys deal with, and then they decide to get it done. I think I think that's what Danny Shelton had. Um, yeah, so Greg Dorch, one of the things he had, he he, he uh, mentioned his pro day today that he he got that done. Um, after the combine. So I don't know if there's more to come out on DeAndre Walker uh, or not, but that's sort of where we're at right now. I'll chase down an agent tomorrow. I get annoying like that. I'll keep showing up till they either block me or just tell me to leave him alone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to need this stuff. You want this stuff. Um, then, I, all right, I mean, guys, and here you go. Um, obviously, it was Ohio State's pro day today. Um, and, look, guys, uh, you know, Pete and I both agree. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is a hell of a prospect. And this is interesting because there was so much the Giants, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, whether it was Connor Rogers and Matt Miller's podcast today, and, you know, uh, I believe it was Mike, Gar- Mike Garofalo who put that out there, too. Obviously, the Giants had dinner with him last night. Um, it'll be interesting because Dwayne Haskins, at his roots, is a New Jersey kid. Um, you know, the you know, My daughter, you guys heard me talk about her with Jake Burns. My daughter was in a hospital for the first uh 113 days of her life, uh, the hospital she was in, right across the other side of the highway, is a town called Highland Park, New Jersey, and uh, that's where Dwayne Haskins originally is from. Uh, Pete, I mean, he, he's he, he's just super, super impressive. I'm sorry, Stephen A. Smith, the running is just never going to meet what we're all hoping for, but this kid can play. Uh, yeah, in fact, like Daniel Jeremiah... Um, they did a wrap up thing, and one of his concerns was that Haskins was too slow. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, he had what people seem to forget with Haskins is he had a knee brace for most of the year. So this, I think, I, I don't look. Think he's not he fast ha- to begin with. So, but even if he was hampered a little bit, no, he's just you know. I mean, look, in schools do this. You know, I mean, how many? You know, Jalen Hurts was the guy at Alabama. What did they do? Tua could throw the living hell out of the pill. What did they do? They ran with Tua. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, you know, post-racial pocket quarterback um, that can throw the hell out of the football. And, you know, we can't immediately just assume that because he has a substantial amount of melanin in his uh, in his, in his makeup that he, he must be a runner. He's a guy who's going to win from the pocket. And there are issues that he has to address in, in – in, including how he deals with um, getting moved off his spot and readjusting or throwing on the move. But if you let him just sort of sit back in the pocket and fire, he's going to make throws that, you know, wow you. And, you know, it's a, it's a pro day and they traveled to go see it. So, you know, it's sort of contractually obligated that everybody who goes falls in love, at least for that day. Um, Bronze fans, obviously we went through this, with last year, where yep. every pro day was great. Look at every Sam Darnold the, in the yes. rain. It is awesome. Not only that, but it was after the Sam Darnold pro day. Oh, he's the number one pick. Oh, it's yep. over. He, he's the guy. Josh Allen has his pro day. 
Oh, he's in the conversation. Oh, he, he might be the number one pick, and 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 we did this every single time. Um, if you're oh. going to travel all that way, you might as well fall in love with the guy you're seeing you're throwing there. Uh, <clears throat> with with Haskins, nothing has changed for me. It's still, are you going to be smart with how he's handled? And the team I continue to love for him is Cincinnati. I don't know if Mike Brown is willing to make that move, um, but they if better. But and well, I if, said. You but hired said, Zach Taylor. This um, is why. Yeah, you you hired this guy to develop quarterback. Please don't tell me you're seriously going to try to do this for the sake of uh, Andy Dalton. I mean, the, the, that cake is baked. Um, AJ Green and Tyler Boyd would demand to be traded within 30 seconds if they well, went any other position than quarterback. Which let's not let's well, they not might throw do that, that anyway. out later <laughs> later down the road, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, and, and even you know, despite the fact you resigned Bobby Hart, um, I do wonder <laughs> if they're willing to make that plunge and say, "Look, we've got Andy Dalton; he'll get us through a season." Um, but we really want to get this kid ready because if, if you're looking at the Bengals, they are this off season has been bad to an it's been an attempt to tread water while you're awful. Like all their moves are trying to tread water water and they're awful like they're drowning and they're you know all their all their signings have suggested we're good with this like or trying to maintain they're getting pulled further and further away from the shoreline so if if you're the Bengals and you're smart and you're willing to be forward-looking and that's never been Mike Brown's thing which is why everybody says it is like you know uh Brett Sobleski today was talking about why aren't we talking about the Bengals and Clearly he hasn't been listening because we have talked about this, but it's yep. always with the caveat of, but Mike Brown. So if they're really willing to look forward and Dwayne Haskins is sitting there or they want to move up and get him, that that to me is the best situation for him. Um, you and I are both dubious of the Giants with it. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be great if it did um, from the standpoint of you got Kevin Zeitler in there, you, you know, you're going to play out this string with uh, with Eli Manning. Hopefully, if but you, you do built get your it. left side of the line last year, uh, they I believe they signed a center. You got Zeitler. I mean, you're looking for a right tackle. You've got two first round picks, and you took a running back second overall. Like you're you're backwards enough. Don't string this thing out. Yep. And and then basically come back and and you get the guy you want, whether it's a a veteran, you know, in a year. Or you then draft a rookie in 2021, and, and, and you're basically, you know, and I, God knows we hope this doesn't happen, but you, you get your quarterback finally, and the best of Saquon is already behind you. Or you get into a situation like the Cowboys are about to be in, where they're going to have to pay Zeke, which nobody wants to do realistically uh, with a tailback that high, because it's going to cost you a fortune. He's not going to take, you know. There's no home down discount. Yeah, well, that I mean, just by virtue of the the way those contracts are, you know, uh, situated, like that fifth year option is enormous, um, and they're not going to be like, no, don't worry about it. I'll take a lot less than that. Like that becomes where they feel like the money that that that's where the contract negotiations basically start, which is you know why you don't really want to do this, but that's why it becomes that much more critical to find your guy uh, to make the most out of Saquon's. Uh, you know what his is his rookie window uh and hopefully you know if they're willing to go that route i don't think they will i think they're going to take a defensive lineman that is the giants move 
hundred percent. Um, maybe maybe they'll make a slightly more inspired move and take a guy like Andre Dillard and then come back and get uh, a quarterback later. Daniel Jones cut and at, the, at seventeen <laughs> is just awful. But you know they may do it. Um, so yeah, Dwayne Haskins is a really nice prospect. You just have to have a plan and don't rush him. Like I, you know, this is I, I I'm notoriously conservative with this, but he's just not there. Like he's. I've made the comparison. He's a lot like Mitch Trubisky, except Mitch Trubisky was a little more polished coming out of that UNC offense. Um, and then and Dwayne Haskins, I think, just has more raw ability. Take your time with it. Let it happen and, and, and let him really be developed by somebody who knows what they're doing. All right. Well, a couple things here. We'll finish the Dallas thing. Um, you're now going to have to pay Amari Cooper. You're going to have to pay Ezekiel Elliott. And you're in love with Dak Prescott. You're going to have to pay all three of them. Money is going to get dry up in Dallas really, really quick. But we'll go back to the Bengal thing here. The blind loyalty for Andy Dalton, and if anybody, any of you guys uh, caught me the other day with Matt Williams on, on the Locked On NFL podcast, the thing with Eli is the Giants can, people in that building can still point to two Lombardis and say, you know, want to know what? Eli Manning did that. The loyalty to Andy Dalton, uh, show me the trophy cases you're pointing to because there's nothing there. So you know, how you don't think, and you know, I am not a QB is everything guy. I'm not, but how you can think, oh, we'll just pretty the picture up a little bit because Andy Dalton. No, Andy Dalton is not that good. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback who maybe even when Andy Dalton's humming is, what, 18th, 19th, in the 20s, best in the league. So how quarterback is not first and foremost on their mind here, especially when you brought in this rookie Head coach, offensive hotshot. He's had a picture taken with Sean McVay, so you know he's going to be good. But that's the theory. Now, but with Haskins, Pete, just roll reverse it. Say it's you know, say it's 2018. You know, none of the quarterback. You're playing the 2019 quarterbacks. It's 2018. You're the Browns. You're in the same position. Is Dwayne Haskins the guy at one with all these 19 quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean uh, he. he I mean, it, 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 if if it's not Haskins, it's because you're taking an, a non-quarterback. Yes, um, but if you're going to, and if you yeah. have one in four, obviously right. you're going to take the QB. So I mean, it is Haskins is the best quarterback in this class. You yeah. know, Murray is fun, but yikes, there, there's a lot there. Look, I mean, Kyler Murray could end up being the best player, you know, in the draft. There's a lot to like there. Um, you can, you know, put this on dinosaur thinking and. Uh, but there's just more there to make me believe that a guy like Haskins is is more likely to be successful. In addition to the fact that he's just got things that I I, I believe will translate. I, his 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 throwing release is incredibly quick. Like that's the type of thing that just will never not be super valuable. Like the ability to basically get the ball out in such a quick manner that DBs can't get a jump on it. You, you, you know, that's enormous. And if he, if he processes mentally as fast as his, basically almost as fast as his arm can go, he becomes dangerous as hell. Um, and his ability to put the ball in at spots, he's, he's got the ability to be very accurate. I think it just comes down consistency with consistency, uh, sorting out his mechanics. Kyler Murray to me scares the crap out of me because, and, and I've mentioned this, and people can poo-poo on it all they want. If he has a serious knee injury, then what? Like, 
I'm sorry, the pocket gets collapsed and suddenly you've got, you know, an eighth grader back there with with substantially less mobility and it becomes Robert Griffin III where he just can't get away the way he used to and now he just, the, the pounding just adds up. And that's not a question of is Kyler Murray tough enough? It's math. You know, 300 pounds on 190 pounds so many times is going to is going to be a problem. Um yeah, it's just not something I'm willing to do. The earliest I'm willing to do with Kyler Murray is the third round, and that's fine. It, it, dinosaur thinking, whatever. I still look at it as owners are going to be literally looking down and to shake his hand, and that's going to be an issue for teams. Yeah, and, and Haskins, for a big guy, and you, with the getting the ball out quickly, and you see a lot of those, you know, the jet sway, the jet sweep out of the shotgun, the push forward. You know, that's you, that's good. You see how quick he is with that stuff, and it's stuff you're obviously want to going to want to do with a young quarterback. Um, and guys, if you do remember, and I, I I will go back to week four of the preseason when you know the Browns beat the, the you know beat the daylights out of the Lions, and I remember it well because Pete and I both of us had colds. I mean, it sounded like we were you know both of us were on an '80s bender at a you know the the uh, the nightclubs in New York, and the two of us with our noses running, tissues stuffed up nostrils. And even Pete, great job today by Baker Mayfield. Hopefully we get this. Maybe we'll see him in two months again. Sitting right. quarterbacks isn't a bad thing. It's just not. Well, look, I mean, no quarterback has ever become a bust because they they, they, they got to How take to the time and got comfortable. Um, and the one thing I will mention is if you're one of these people who who is is looking at the, the way the NFL is going and you're basically saying quarterbacks need to be able to be more mobile to succeed – um, I'm, I'm not going to throw that out outright, but the way the NFL is such a copycat league and the way people steal and adapt and everything else, here's what I would say to you. Imagine Dwayne Haskins evolving to a point where you believe he can be at the peak of his powers and being put in a system like uh, Sean McVay runs with the Rams. Like that's if, – if somebody's smart, that's sort of the – the way I would look at him is if you can get that quick release to be able to process quickly, you're not sitting there in the pocket just waiting to get nailed. You let him drop back quickly, quickly uh, make his reads, uh, make the right throw, and, and you're off and running. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, I guess we'll go one other here. Um, and, and Terry McLaren, Ohio State, just continues to be putting together. And, guys, uh, we're not omitting Paris Campbell because of our thoughts here. Um, they said there was a little bit of a hammy, and look, Paris Campbell probably didn't need to do any more. But Terry McLaren, it's the age is you know a factor because you're talking about a kid who's you know closer, getting really, really close to 24 years old. But you kind of know what he is and what he's going to bring you. And uh, you know, Pete and I, Pete and I's buddy Brown's babe, she said fifth round today, and you love the fact of the special teams. And I could say maybe fifth round on the age, but you draft him, you know what you've got with a guy like that. With McLaren and it, it, look, the special teams and the gunner ability, and I got to this earlier. This is something that does kind of sell me on a guy like this. But granted, like I said, Browns wide receiver room is getting crowded quickly. That's the issue. It's not that you don't love the idea of getting special teams or you know adding to that element of your team. The issue is he has to make the team to do that. Um, and who are you cutting to to make that happen? And everybody um, keeps forgetting Tavier to to, to uh, Thomas. And the most impressive thing about it was is the last three weeks of the season, he was playing outstanding special teams work. 
and had to have hernia season, hernia uh, surgery when the season was over. You know, that's something, you know, and you're not paying him a lick. He ain't making a dime of money. You know, so you kind of have a really good special team player, and you're still not sure where you're. I think you're more confident in your wide receiver room right now than you are in your cornerback room. Right. So there are certainly teams where Terry McLaurin can walk in and he could be a role player. The bad teams. problem, I, bad teams. Well, Pro- probably a better advantage specific, to bad teams. Like, well, I, I could, you know, I could, you can make a case for a team like the Patriots just because well, of the way that they, that's the that's always the end all be all change well, every story. <laughs> I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of they 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 have room on the end of their roster for a guy like him. Uh, the issue I, you know, if you're saying Terry McLaurin is at best going to be a three, I, I'm sorry, I do not buy the idea that he's going to be a two. He wasn't a two at Ohio State. Um, yep. I, I, look, KJ Hill is a good player and was straight better than him. Like, this is the problem: is is, is you're asking a kid who it's Ohio State and everything that comes with that, but he's leaving as a number three receiver at Ohio State. You're then saying he's going to be a number two. But even maybe the fourth. Wasn't there a freshman they were in love with, too? So, I mean, but go ahead. But it's just you, know, you, you have to be you have to be okay with the idea that Terry McLaurin is going to be a fourth, fifth receiver who, who gives you special teams. And where do you value that? You know, you want to talk yourself into the third round. God bless you. I, I cannot go with that. If you want to say fifth round, I, I get it. Because at that point in the draft, you're just saying, I like this kid. Um, you know, it, it becomes the Wild West. Everybody's board is so different that if you really love a kid, you just grab him. Um, but, you know, are you really saying – like, w- let's compare that to a guy like Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch is 21. Um, Greg Dorch's football, you hope, is, you know, in front of him. He was the number one receiver at Wake Forest. Um, you know, you, you're sitting there going, we're hoping he's the slot receiver or, you know, quote-unquote number three. Um, that – you know, that's far more interesting to me than a guy like Terry McLaurin. And, you know, the further you get into this draft process and the further we get, the more numbers you come up with, you're going to find more guys where you're just like, he's younger. He may already be doing some of these things anyway. You know, that's fine. Like Terry McLaurin, if you're taking him in round six, you know, great, because you're saying, you know, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't make the team, but but he may show you something where you have to keep him. It's just the the thing I will always stress, and Jim Coburn's, you know, big on this. Age matters. It just does. Yep. Your physical potential typically um, maxes out at age twenty seven. Like this is you know when we we, we when when I, we get excited about guys like Miles Garrett is because he's twenty two. He's got theoretically five years till he hits his athletic peak. Um, whereas you're hoping that a guy figures it out and you're about to pay a second contract and he's already theoretically on the downslope. Now, and, and, and granted, with a guy like Terry McLaurin, you prob- may not be thinking of a second contract, but that would be all the more reason for you to, to really limit your scope on where you want to take him. Where are you okay with taking guys where you're saying, you know, we, we don't really think – we're not really thinking about a second contract. We're thinking about – you know, a couple seasons, he gives us this, and then we move on. That's sort of the problem you get into with um, guys like Terry McLaurin, and he's not the only one. There are always guys like – the guy who's going to go the earliest in this draft, who's already 24 years old, is Caleb McGarry. Um, and that 
probably will, will limit his ultimate upside, but he's you know a good player and plays a, a very scarce position. Wide receiver, there are a thousand of them, uh, but like Tyree Brady, 24 years old, Anthony Johnson, 24 years old. To me, those are guys you look at as undrafted free agents. There are NFL teams that will buy on those guys. Uh, you know, uh, God bless them. I'm always going to go younger. Uh, I'm going to be an ageist as much as I am. You know, traits and everything else. You know, this. You know, you, you want you want this eugenic style football. Uh, that's unfortunately where we're at. <laughs> the feel good stories just don't do enough for me. And there are plenty of guys who are you know, have all those things and a great story. Like Michael Dogby's a great story and, you know, he has all those traits. Uh, there's no, that that's a, a, a huge, huge, huge one. Um, and the other thing that was, is if you're bringing in a guy like Dorch, he gets to walk in a wide receiver room and, you know, as you know, much flack as we try to give Jarvis Landry, he can go in as a 21 year old kid, ask Odell Beckham Jr. for pointers, ask Jarvis Landry for pointers, Talk to a guy like Rashard Higgins, who was cut, brought back to a practice squad, and then turned into a, a significant player. So this guy gets, you know, and coaching's fine, but this kid can sit with these guys and, and get information from them. You know, McLaren, you know, it is, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I would take him probably earlier than Pete, just because I think you have a defined role. But guys, part of the issue is is the wide receiver room as the way it's currently built and the way it currently stands. Well, let's just take the perspective. Antonio Callaway is 22. Richard Higgins is 24. That's, so he's basically the same age as what McLaren is, yes. I, I, yeah, I think it works out to be about a year for Higgins, but he's already getting his, you know, he's going to get tendered or his restricted free, he's either going to get a, a second contract or he's going to be on for a year and then get, you know, what is ultimately a second contract basically at the same age where you're still hoping McLaren's going to develop something. Antonio Callaway is 22 years old. Like think about his athletic gifts. It's the same conversation with Desmond Bryant, you know, or Desmond Harrison. You, you're at such a disadvantage because you're, you're behind the eight ball um, with these other guys. And granted McLaurin's got athletic traits that you love. He's a great, great athlete. And you already have a role for him, which makes it a little bit different Desmond Harrison. But the point remains that your wide receiver room is made up by, you know, Jarvis Landry, who's going to be 27 this coming year. Odell Beckham's, what, 25? Yep. Um, Higgins is, is 24. Callaway's 22. Like, where do you really value a guy like Mc, McLaurin? Yeah, and it's, you know, and there's going to be teams who value him higher anyway. Well, Pete, right, they are not. You know, they. This is a Brown-specific problem, if you want to call it that. It, it, a very good situation to be in. That they, if they're going to get a guy, you know, add another guy to that receiver room, which would be great. Uh, you know, it, it's got to be something that has more potential to do something. I think Brashard Perryman's another one who's twenty-five. Yep, just another pup. Um, while Pete digs up. Uh Information here to see if there's anything we miss combine-wise before we get to listener questions. Um, guys, iTunes, rating reviews. Um, you guys have been phenomenal with this. Um, it's going to feel weird to even say this. Um, over the last 30-day stretch of the show, we've done oh, we've done over 101,000 downloads. I, I cannot thank you guys enough. It's an insane ride. Um, you know, I, I appreciate it. And like when we got to this point here where it started to become draft talk, you know, Pete and I, like, this is information we can give you. Like, look, none of us are in, you know, in, none of us are in Browns meetings. We can give you our thought process on what they should do each game, week in, week out. 
there were times where we were pretty right. Uh, the pregame shows were pretty good. Um, just having a little fun there, guys. But, I mean, I appreciate you guys to death. 101,000 in downloads over a 30-day period. It's a fantastic number. I cannot be more thankful for you guys. Um, you're all even starting to tolerate Pete a little bit, which is cool. And you know, Whether it's Steve and Thomas and you know, a bunch of the other guests that come on here. It, 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 it's fun, guys. Uh, I'm glad you're all enjoying the product. Just do me this favor. iTunes, rating reviews, drop a five-star, drop a written review here. Uh, we got some listener questions come. But, guys, get on that iTunes stuff for me now, please. So one of the ones you know we were waiting on, uh, Tavon Coney from Notre Dame, um, his – you know, uh, this doesn't sound like it's going to be good. It's it's a mixed bag. Like it's okay. I just know, but this is funny because now we have to well over a year. I just know when you're about to say something, and you're like, well, yeah. Well, look, he he, he was at 229 pounds, which is pretty light. He ran a 4.72. 229. It, by the way, he looked makes it sound like he was kind of slimmed down for this. I, I agree. Um, four seven two, and you, some people think that's not great. And yes, that's sort of the reaction you have. The one thing I would especially, keep in mind, I mean, because so many lesser names in Indy ran faster. I mean, I mean, what's his teammate? He ran faster and weighed about the same, and has had multiple knee surgeries. Um, so it's this, give me some good. Give me some complete players. <laughs> Right, so you know, and the guy, you know, and, and we'll get through. Hold on, we'll get. Well, how about this though? From the Notre Dame, just one while Pete brings this up. The Notre Dame punter today did thirty reps of two twenty-five. The punter thirty reps of two twenty-five. That's yeah, the insane. Gi- the Giants are going to be all over it. Hopefully oh, there's no doubt. Hopefully, the Giants, he doesn't do awful, awful things to his spouse. Um. So thirty-two point five inch vert. Uh, 116 inch broad jump. Those are pretty good results. The shuttle and the three cone, not great. Four four five shuttle, Jeez. seven three 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 cone. 18 reps of 225. Um, but to give you an idea, you know, you, you, the speed. You're, you know, a lot of people are, eh, like you, you want some guy in the four sixes or four fives. Um, a guy who is very athletic, Joe Schobert. Now, granted, he was 244 pounds when he did it. Ran a four seven six. Um, but the thing was he had, his vert was a little bit better, 33.5. His broad jump was not as good, um, 111, but where Schobert separated himself from a guy like uh, Coney and, and what you really can see on the field, especially when it comes to things like his, uh, coverage ability is he, he did have a seven, one, one, three cone and a four, three short shuttle. Like that's where I'm worried about Coney and, and, and watching the tape, you know, I always thought he was a, a, you know, a guy who was very strong in the middle. My question was always his range. Um, I don't think it necessarily throws Coney entirely off the board. He won't be on my board. So I guess he is off the board, but, um, I, I don't think if you get him, and this is this becomes a question again, another question of where do you take him? If you get Tavon Coney in round five, round six, round seven, I think you can be excited about what he gives you. I think if you take him earlier than that, you have to be very, very specific with what you want him to do, and that becomes a position that's increasingly not really existing anymore, which is the old school Mike Thumper. Backer. B gap to B gap. If it comes in here, I'm going to kill it type thing. But he's 229. That's yes, the problem that's, with that that's role. That's the issue. Is is right. 
he he you know if if for whatever reason he can be at 240 or 230 you know high 230s and still be as athletic mm-hmm. that's what he needs to do if you know if if he adds weight and he gets slower that becomes a real question so another guy not great um in terms of in terms of workout numbers yeah we've uh we we, we had a rough we've had a rough go of it here as far as you know uh you know day two and day three linebackers. But guys, there are, as much as, you know, guys like him and Hodge that me and Pete spent a lot of time talking about dropped, they're guys who certainly escalated and jumped into that fray. We do have some pretty good listener questions here today. And uh, Anthony Gioki, uh hosts the uh, 108.5 Gridiron Podcast. Anthony's a really, really good dude. And this is a solid question, and I love this one here. Um, Pete, when GMs are looking for prospects, where do you think the balance is when it comes to projecting players, projecting uh, where a player can go versus what the player has accomplished? This is a good question. I like this. Um, I mean, the the generic answer is it's entirely dependent on on the GM. Um, Tell me what they can do, though. Tell me what they can't do. Right. I I think that's a more important part of this. But the other the other small thing I would throw in there, it also depends on where the team is. Of course. So, for example, you know, I'm not trying to reignite, you know, a, a war here. But when, you know, part of what what Sashi Brown did when he came in is, you know, that initial draft they took a bunch of really long reaching prospects like that were not expected to be great early. So like Corey Coleman, you know was exceptionally athletically gifted and could do certain things on tape. You were basically hoping that, you know, in a year or two, he was going to sort of put the nuances to the game together, become a better route runner, you know, run more than three routes. Uh, Have a legitimate quarterback around him. Right. And 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 he was going to be great. Emmanuel Ogba, super athletic, very productive player coming out of Oklahoma State, that he would uh, develop and become more of a finished product you know, at, at times, those two that jump out immediately, those those top two picks. And then the next year, they sort of moved to, uh, you know, they still had some of those. David Njoku, more of a long-reaching prospect, whereas, you know, Miles Garrett was, you know, he's just the package. Jabril Peppers was a little bit of a, not as long as maybe Corey Coleman and, uh, and, and Ogba, but, you know, still with vision in front and then you get to John Dorsey and, and some of these things. And, and granted, you know, Baker Mayfield has a, a ton of upside and all those things, but he was a big boy. Like he was an adult, he was ready to go. And I, you know, that's certainly with quarterback is a little different. You should always just take the best quarterback because there's just not enough, you know, to get too choosy on that. But, you know, whereas Sam Darnold, if you were, if you're going to make that argument and eh, uh, you could say, well, he's a, a longer reaching prospect. It might take some time. Um, they they take Austin Corbett um, or Denzel Ward, obviously, you know, a relatively fully formed prospect uh, that was pretty good right out of the gate, obviously had the Pro Bowl season and, and showed a lot of promise with that. Um, Austin Corbett, pretty fully formed, uh, you know, I think people get caught up in, 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 not, in not playing his rookie year. The thing with that draft class in particular, none of them were ready out of the box. Like the entire class in, in general, not ready out of the box. Like one of the best guards that, I, you know, I thought actually could come in and play really well, who came in for the Giants, um, struggled. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, Hernandez is, he had it all coming out, was a dominant force in college and all that. And there were certainly a number of Browns fans who were disappointed they didn't grab him. But, but also even part he, of the thing with Will Hernandez, though, is he was also coming from, he wasn't coming from a Power 5 school, so there was going to be a, a, a double learning process. Right. So, you know, that none of those guys were ready out of the box, but even so, Corbett was a fully formed prospect for the most part. He was a senior uh, ready to go from that standpoint. Nick Chubb, a fully formed prospect, running backs a little different in those things. So you can sort of look at it from those standpoints. But in general, what should be done, and, and Jeff hit on this, is the idea that what can you do, not what can we hope you do. What can you do right now? What is going to be on the field? What If we draft you, this is going to be on tape right now for us. Like not a hope not a in two years type thing. It's got to be this is going to happen if we draft you and then maybe these other ancillary things are going to happen. Good example. Uh, you know, a guy that, that came up a lot, especially before the Browns traded, traded for Odell Beckham, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. Um, you were sitting there going – if you love the Keen Butler, you were saying we are going to get these big time plays where he goes up and gets the ball and you know it shows strength after the catch and those things were going to be Oklahoma there. You're going to get those right now. You were sitting there willing to you were willing to be able willing to say you know the, the hands have to come along better, the route running's going to come along better, but those these are the things that have to be there right now. Um, and that's sort of the lens you should view this. Like what happens, and when you get yourself in trouble, it's uh, let's take a guy who who just got signed by the Redskins, Eric Flowers. He goes like tenth or eleventh in that draft. I uh, dude, I think it was sixth. It may have been. It may have been tough. It, it, it was. Yeah, it was under eight. I know that. But you know, coming out of Miami, there was nothing you you said. He does this well. He's going to be good at this right now. It was entirely a pick, and even the athleticism didn't didn't suggest this was a good idea, that you were going to have to basically make it work from the, from the ground up. Like, uh, you know, and compare that to a guy like this year, Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard is just a really, really good pass protector, and there are things you can sit there and complain about, but you, you, you go in saying – this guy's going to keep our quarterback upright. There are things we need to fix with maybe you don't like how his feet footwork is on tape. You don't like how his stance is. You, you want him you know, to be a better run blocker. But you are saying he's going to be this. If you project on things that aren't there, then you end up with some bad things. And certainly luck gets involved. You know, Guys just aren't mentally hand, able to handle it or emotionally able to handle it. Or injuries happen and they can't deal with that, or it's just you know whatever. But you have to be able to have something that you can you know when you pound the table for this guy, you're pounding the table for this thing he's going to give you on tape uh, that you can say this is going to be on our team next year. Um, that I think is in, in a nutshell how this thing should be looked at. You know, unfortunately, too many teams make mistakes because they don't and basically wish cast um, what what prospects do and and teams lie to themselves or convince themselves that they that their coach they're the coach that can fix this thing that hasn't been there their entire life um for me and to answer anthony's question in a nutshell jabril peppers is a prime example of this now his career at michigan went there as a five-star recruit as a cornerback didn't play a lot his freshman year 
But what they saw at cornerback, they weren't thrilled with. What did they try? They tried deep safety. What did they see? Weren't really thrilled with that. What did they do his junior year? Um, they let him return kicks. Found a way at offense to give him the ball a little bit. Kept him as an outside linebacker. Essentially a box safety. And guess what? Jabril Preppers went to the Heisman <laughs> Trophy presentation as a player. What did the Browns do when they first got him? They tried to put him back at safety. Where, you know, if a school like Michigan, it's not working out there, that's probably not where you're supposed to be. And now, year two, you say, look, we're going to keep you committed to and get you comfortable with what you can do, whether it was five, six, seven, eight yards off the line of scrimmage, seek, destroy. Jabril Peppers is really good with that. And also what happened with that is he got a little more confident in himself. So you were able to play him in a little cover three where he was, you know, playing his own you know, 15, 20 yards off the sideline. He saw some big hits there. Um, cover two in the red zone. You go to the Falcon game where he lit the dude up at the goal line. You go to the Bronco game where, you know, 35 yards down the field, steals an interception away from um, the kid from SMU. I forget the heck. Uh, Cortland Sutton, whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, and that, 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 that's a prime example. Know what the kid can do and do well. And if you're going to use him in that role, it should work out for you. Um, you know, that, that's a prime example. And, you know, don't – the biggest problem here is thinking you could take a kid and, and – and look, there are guys – and if look, if they're the elite of the elite, yes, they maybe can do more than what you have. But you know, Jarrell Peppers was fine where he was selected if you were just going to play him as a box safety and then limit what you were going to do with him deep. And it worked out, and it worked out so well that the New York Giants viewed him as a first-round pick after year two, and you were able to make this move for Odell Beckham. So, you know, that's Anthony, that was a really, really good question. It obviously led to a good conversation piece here. We're going to put a bow on this one, guys. Um, you know, still more coming through the week, and I want to thank you guys for everything. Um, obviously, Pete's going to have a lot coming. NFL spins on draft-wise. As we continue to go through here, we get the pro days, all this stuff here. Um, I just want to thank you guys all. Um, thanks for listening for the show. And, uh, guys, your reminder, um, now also available on Himalaya. So uh, if it's something new, you're looking for a new podcast app, you're not happy where you are, um, check out, uh, you know, download the Himalaya app. Subscribe to Lockdown Browns over there. Um, before we put a cap on this, uh, guys, uh, you know, I, I, I just wanted to do this today. Um, if you guys remember the, the Tampa Bay Bucks postgame show, um, it's been five months now since we lost my older brother. It's 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 getting easier, I guess. You know, I don't want to say easier. I guess the the newness of it, the toughness of it, is maybe wearing a little bit off. Um, but it's not going to change. You know, I mean, the missing and the and the fact that he's my older brother, and you know, the I'll stop whining, stop being a little bitch. You know, dude, things could get worse. You don't have it worse than anybody else. Suck it up. Those types of things I do miss. Um, guys, somebody in your family, somebody close to you, you haven't talked to them. Make sure you do. I mean, because you just never stinking know, guys. So trust me on that regard. Trust me. You know, the people who you care about, make sure you're more in touch with them. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Lockdown Browns Twitter account, always a follow back. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, appreciate everything, guys, here. We're just going to continue to grow with this. Uh, cannot be more thankful for what's gone on here over the last 30 days, seeing where the, the numbers are going. It's just insane and boggling to the mind to even think where the show has gone. And that means the absolute world to me. And we'll put it to a close. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.